Hey dear, episode 29, The Tenth Planet, one of my absolute favorite episodes from the 60s. Is it? Is it really? Yep. Yep. Mm. Okay, that explains a lot. You hate this, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't hate it as much as, like, the the OK Corral one, but I didn't like it. But we'll get to that. Like we'll, we'll get to that. Do you? You don't like anything fun. Well, I don't... This, that's the whole point of this fucking podcast game, is that we're supposed to try and figure out if I like an episode of Doctor Who or not. Yeah, and so like far, we've fun. compiled the numbers, and I've only maybe kind of liked, like, two episodes. You yeah, like, fun. Because in my opinion, if I like the episode, it gets, like, an eight or higher. So, we'll go from there. Hi. So, fun. so what do you think happened, Gam, with uh, the episode being called The Tenth Planet? Well, you got to remember, Pluto had relatively recently only mm-hmm. been discovered and hadn't yet been reclassified as a, a dwarf planet. Gasp! So, the tenth planet may have steer a, another planet. Oh! Shit! Exists. Uh, shit, dog! Yeah, so we see a rocket uh, taking off in very stock footage sort of style, some letters on the screen, and then we see it called the Tenth Planet. And <gasps> we see a radar, and some people doing things that's a computers, and one man's a hipster, and one man is going to be missed if he leaves, because the penguins are going to miss him. And there's some people in space, apparently? It took me a little bit to figure out what the fuck was happening. And they're sending data from something to something else, and there were some mountains and some snow, and everything was snowy and mountainy, and there's also sexy women on the wall with an Italian man. Ooh. And you could easily fucking tell he was supposed to be Italian, because he was like, hey, Baba Booey, sort of shit. It was just like, really? Specifically, he was singing fucking. That's Amore, yeah. No, not That's Amore. That was me. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I don't pay that much attention. <laughs> he was singing La Donna e Mobile. Okay. Um, I thought for a while that they were in a submarine uh, because they were looking through a scope poking out into the snow. And then I was like, wait, no, they're in a bunker, which was right. And then the TARDIS is landing and... Polly and what's his face? Because I couldn't remember his name for a little bit. Ben, um, Bin. are putting jackets on, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so cold out! Out, we have to, you know, bundle up. Look at all these nice clothes you have for us, Doctor." And then they walk outside, and they're like, "Wow, it's cold," because because <laughs> they wouldn't have known that from being inside the TARDIS and seeing all the snowstorm outside. So they walk directly over to the periscope and stand in front of it and go, hey, and the man of the scope sees them and goes, there's a woman. And then everyone gets really excited because there's a woman. Whoa, it's a woman. (laughs) Yes. Specifically, the Italian man with the sexy women pictures on the wall next to him by his bed is like, oh, my God, a woman. I could fuck that. And everyone heads to the top to get them inside. And... The doctor and everybody basically go, like, we got here in a spaceship, and you should understand that. And everybody basically goes, like, no, you're wrong. 
this is South Pole Space Command, so you're fucking dumb. And they go to send a message to the general about them being there, but then a man walks in, and he's the general. And <gasps> Ben is like, blah, 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 I'm Navy, and they ask why he isn't on his ship. Which is just like, that's not how that works, but okay. And the doctor's like, I don't like you. And the general's like, I don't like you, and I don't like your hair. I don't and like you either. <laughs> the, and he doesn't like his hair. And the doctor goes, Hoof! Um, So maybe he should change that sometime. And they look around and see all the people on computers and stuff, and they're like, what year is it? And we find out it's 1986. So 20 <gasps> years from 1966 is when they, I guess, are supposed to be? Yes. Ish. So like 20 uh, years have passed, ish. 1966 plus 20 is 1986. No, yeah. I mean, like, they, they were around in 1966, so... That's anyway. where they last were, yeah. technically, because we skipped the previous episode where they went to fucking pirate times. I missed pirates? It was not that good... Gotcha. Plus, it it was unusually violent, even for Doctor Who. Like, huh. the only surviving footage of it is because the Australian broadcaster uh, cut out the violent footage when they showed it and oh. kept kept it. So that's the only surviving footage from it. <laughs> okay, so they're, they're at an atmospheric testing thing where they have a spaceship that's also testing out the atmosphere and stuff, and... Everyone is, like, trying to get the ship to land, and they're like, Hey, New Zealand's out of position, like, by a hundred miles. That's kind of weird. Uh, so they position themselves with Mars, and then double-check and see that everything's still really weirdly off. And they don't understand why. And then they see a new planet! Oh, that's really <gasps> weird. That shouldn't happen. And it's between Mars and Venus. And it's not the planet Earth. <laughs> and it looks familiar. And wow. I was very confused by everything going on. And so they radio back and they say that their radio strength is too weak, even though it's kind of not. And the doctor is taking notes and saying he has something urgent to say. And he says that the, he, they, he, they know... He knows what they're going to say. That you, he, he, uh, yes. you ever have that feel where you feel like, and you, you could do, you could do anything, you could do anything you want? Yes. And you can and you do. And he's like, I know what y'all are going to see. Take this note. And then they shove him away and go, you're fucking stupid. And the planet is influencing Zeus 4, which is their spaceship that's in the air getting atmosphere, bloody blah, and they need to get them down. So they try to force the engines to start, and then the ship tumbles out of control. And they feel like they're being pushed down into their seats with no energy in their body. And they're continuing to have trouble, and they're trying really hard to get back. And the ship is swinging out again, and they keep losing their fight plath. And the other planet's gravity wow. is fucking with them. And they ask if the doctor, like, what it is. And he's like, I don't know. Uh, this is really bizarre, and the Earth is upside down, apparently. That's what the other planet is. <sighs> so they finally look at the doctor's paper, and he did know what it was. And the doctor is like, what's going on? And they're like, there was apparently a twin planet Earth a long time ago. Ooh. And it means aliens, apparently. 
I'll and, explain it. And the general radios back, and everything in Geneva is like, what the fuck is happening? And they apparently have to prove that they didn't fuck with the spaceship and that it's not their fault. Or they're going to be fucking... Uh, what's the word? Arrested by the military, basically. I forget the word. And they apparently... Court-martialed? Court-martialed, yes. And they're going to try to search the TARDIS so they can figure out stuff and where they came from. And everybody just keeps calling it a shack. And we hear... Uh, uh, okay, a hut. Sorry. We, that's Sorry, so vastly it. different. Well, okay, and here's the thing. If they called it a shack, and... it wouldn't stick out in my mind. But they call it a hut, and it's like, that looks nothing like a fucking hut. Alright, and we hear a spaceship noise, and then a CPU fan lands in the snow, and everything gets at least 12 degrees cooler. And two army dudes get out into the snow and attempt to break out into the TARDIS. But there's apparently no chance to get in without a welding torch. And so he sends one of the dudes back to go get the welding torch, and then the aliens are slowly walking towards the one Italian guy left at the TARDIS, and everything is spooky, and they're robot men, and he tries to shoot at them with a gun, and then the man comes back with the welding torch, and with another dude, and they go up to talk to the guy at the TARDIS, but then he turns around, and actually it's the robot man! And they're blindsided by the robots, and I'm not going to say what I realized at this point, and then the episode ends. What do you... Just fucking say it. It's the Cybermen. It's the Cybermen! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh, oh, joyous joys. Joy is... Oh boy. This is where it starts getting real fucking good. Um... Okay, so there's a lot to talk about with this episode. A lot. Because it's mm-hmm. a very important episode for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's uh, the the first Cyberman story. Number two, spoiler. Number three... <laughs> <laughs> Number three, this episode is a pivotal moment in Doctor Who history, but I'll get to that later. Um, mainly, the first thing I want to talk about, uh, this is the... F- first season, so this is the start of season four, remember this is season four episode two, mm-hmm. uh, this is the first season to not have a Dalek story in episode two, because the first season you have the Daleks, second season you have the D- the Dalek invasion of Earth, uh, third season you have um, an episode we didn't watch because it's missing, but it's really good, trust me, um, mm-hmm. and then this one we have the Sidemen instead, oh. wow, wow, yeah, so... <laughs> In the original script, uh, the Cybermen had human faces, mm-hmm. like purely just human faces, with metal plate under their hair. Their hands were also to be human, although their arms would be transparent, made up of rods and lights. A movable arm was also to extend from each Cyberman's chest unit, but such an accessory was too costly to implement. So, basically, that's what they were given. And remember, this is like really before Lycra was, like, r- like really accessible and cheap. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the prop designers, the costume designers, essentially got given those notes and went, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? They did the best they could. It doesn't look great. It looks like campy 60s. Yeah. And I accept it. It does. If they had more of a budget, it would look great. But the way it looks right now, it's not that scary. 
me because I have more experience with that costume and other forms of media and also other episodes. It's like that that still legitimately terrifies me. It the there's a lot about the Cybermen that are great to me, and we're only really going to scratch the surface on them because you don't want to fucking do external media. No, we can do external media if Patreon helps out with that. Okay, whatever. Um, so, Michael Craze, who played Ben, also, uh, mm-hmm. he found the work difficult for this episode because he had just gone undergone surgery to remove a bone chip in his nose, mm-hmm. uh, during which he suffered a burst blood vessel which nearly killed him, and oh. so the snow, that quote-unquote snow that was blown around during the scene, uh, irritated his nose so bad but nevertheless, it he was undeterred from asking out the production assistant whose job it was to blow the snow in his face, and eventually they actually got married. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, happy little behind the scenes story. Anyway, keep going, shitting on something I love. Wow. <laughs> I literally shit on all of Doctor Who, not just the ones you love. Yeah, but I I I join in with you on the really bad ones. Mm. So they don't believe what the doctor is saying, apparently, and that he came from another time space, and he says that they're going to get visitors from the other planet soon. And then the spaceship that uh, was up in the air that they're trying to get down is still going widely off course, and then the weirdest fucking line in this episode is said, and I've never heard this in my life, that... It, it's weird that they're going to get them down as sure as God made little apples. What? <laughs> apples fall from trees. No! They're, going to, they're, they're planning to get the ship down like God did when he planned to make apple trees to make apples fall That down. is It's not- a really clunky metaphor. It's dumb. It's cheesy. And I just, I don't know. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I love it because it's terrible. Apparently also, As Sure As God Made Little Apples is a book. So there's that. Fucking what? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the robots are dressing up as men so they could sneak in and they've killed literally everybody that was outside the TARDIS. So Italian Man is gone. And the world has apparently seen the planet- Sorry, sorry, not oh no. Oh, I know- (laughs) <laughs> All right, Mario. The the world has seen the planet, and everyone is fucking scared. And the planet is approaching Earth, but apparently it's gonna be okay. But Geneva can no longer get in touch with Polar Base, so everyone's like, "What is going on?" And hipster Maybe guy makes an announcement base. about base over it and trying to get the ship to land. And the doctor's upset because apparently the ship can't make another orbit because they're not going to survive it. And no one else sees the robots walk in but the doctor. And the Cybermen walk in and they unhood and everyone is scared and they don't understand. And they even turn the lamp on someone and they cook him a bunch. And they don't really care about the two men uh, in the ship because it's unimportant to them. And the robots are from the planet Mondas, which is that new planet that they've seen in their telescopes. Mondas. I don't care. I care. I don't. Okay. It is the planet's Earth, tw- planet Earth's twin, 
which drifted away. And they're called the Cybermen! Oh! And their race was getting weak and their lifespans shorter. So they became Cybermen robots so that their parts could easily be replaced. And they have no weaknesses, such as human emotion. And the, the commander-in-chief hits a button and sends a message that there's an emergency and the robots are like, No, don't do that. They're not robots. Why do you care? I, it is a very important distinction. No, it's not. It is. This it is. is. This is literally is. just semantics. And why do we it always is. argue semantics? Because it's important to no, me. No, it's. Well, I don't care. No, you never care about me, dear. No, I don't. And that's the podcast, everybody. <laughs> We're never podcast coming over. back. Ugh. <sighs> So, so they put a hand on the chief's head and he faints because he got his head squeezed a whole lot. And one scared boy, of course, rats out where the communication controls are and the Cybermen did threaten to destroy them. And so they're like, no, wait, don't do that because we need those. We're in the middle of the fucking Arctic. So they finally decide to call and say uh, that... Antarctic. Okay. They finally decide to call and say that the radio was fucked up by the reactor because they took out the rods earlier, so that's probably what it was, and they're okay. And the doctor and everyone see that one of the soldiers who died dropped a gun, and Ben, the Navy boy, really wants to fight. So the Cybermen see him take the gun and go, stop, don't do that, Uh, you don't understand how strong we are, and they bend his gun like a pretzel. And then they put him in a room all on his own with a locked door. And it's a projection room, apparently, which I guess makes sense, but also... Well, listen, if you were on an Antarctic base, you would have a room that's just for movies and recreation. I mean, yeah, you would. Because you live on base. You don't, like, you don't go there and then fly home for the day. (laughs) I mean, you could, but that'd be very inefficient. And very expensive. Yes. I want my taxpayers' dollars paying for that. I mean, that depends on whose taxpayers' dollars it is. Anyway, they're continuing to try and get the ship down uh, by making corrections for the ship to land and shit. And turning the rockets on and trying to reach... Is that the technical term for it? Yes. And turning rockets on and off to try and reach velocity so that they can land. But then, sadly, all the fuel is gone and the ship blows up. And the Doctor Who predicted the Challenger. The Doctor. I said Doctor Who predicted the Challenger. Oh, I thought you meant the Doctor. What the f- oh, you meant Why the are you coming after me for everything? Because it's my job. Oh my god. But yeah, Doctor Who predicted the Challenger. Oh my anyway, god. Keep going. The Cybermen are here to help Earth, apparently, and Mondas will come back and Mondas. gather- Mondas! will come back Mondas. and gather energy from the Earth until it's gone. And they're going to take them back to Mondas so that everyone Mondas. can live with them. And everyone's very angry about this. Ben is going to try and blind someone with a movie reel by turning on a movie going, Haha, I've seen this film. And then pounds on the door to try to get a Cyberman to come to the door. Uh, but when he finally takes a Cyberman's weapon... He's basically goes, I'm going to kill you if you keep coming towards me. But he keeps coming towards him. So Ben kills him because they have no fear. 
they have no emotions. The plan is apparently to take everyone from Earth and turn them into Cybermen. And we yep. see the commander wake up with a shot through someone's crotch. It is a great shot. And I don't understand why they needed to do that. Because of artistic integrity, dear. It's literally just a Cyberman with a, a knee up, like, leaning on the bed or whatever yeah. that the commander's laying on. and we It's an artistic <laughs> shot. Mm-hmm. Ben sneaks in and gives the now-awakened commander the weapon he stole, which he then uses to kill all the Cybermen in the area and radio Geneva back and inform them that there's aliens, and apparently the commander's son volunteered to go up and investigate the other planet and what the fuck is going on, and so the commander's very upset now. And so the radar's information... And beeping, booping, and some buttons, and some radio dishes, and then the chief orders more people to be on guard, to f- to to guard their fuel supplies and to every- everything they need. And the doctor thinks that the chief is too soft, and Ben is thinking he's too rough. And there's hundreds of spaceships in formation on the radar. <gasps> oh, and then that's no. the episode. Oh no, no spaceship. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so... You were half right. Um, first of all, uh, sure as God made little green apples is not the metaphor I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. it is just a standard idiom. Like, yep. just, it just means certain without doubt. I thought they were going for, like, uh, uh, some sort of, like, metaphor there. Like, we'll bring you down, like, God... No. Brought apples down when he made apples trees. Nope, they're just saying, certainly, we'll bring you down. Which sounds so 60s and so fucking British. Um, so, anyway, now that we've dealt with that. Uh, mm-hmm. The Doctor is not in episode 3. Um, it's not because he's on holiday. It's because he was too ill to work. Um, he sent them a, a telegram... Uh, on the Monday before they they were meant to be recording it, uh, Mm -hmm. saying that he was just too ill to work and wasn't going to be able to come in. Uh, So the writer and producer got together and basically rewrote the script to explain the Doctor's absence, like the fact that he suddenly collapsed when everything was going on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they basically gave his dialogue to other characters, mainly Ben, which is why Ben has more of a role in this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. Although it wasn't much of an interruption to the episode's production as you'd think it would be, because all four episodes had been written so that he would have very little to do just in case of an event like that, because mm-hmm. they knew he was not really in the best of health at that time. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but hey, they at least they actually planned for it. Um, so, uh, only episodes one, two, three and three of this part four part story exist in the archives uh only a short few short clips of footage exist of episode four uh mainly because uh i don't know if you've heard of blue peter it's a kids variety type show like hey let's uh information shows going on Mm. interviews for kids like here, let's bake a cake. Here, let's make a rocket ship out of bottles and shit. Yeah, it that sounds like... type zone. of show. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, whatever. Um, they 
they had a they got sent a print of the show because they were discussing some stuff from the episode in the early 70s um so it's one of the only it's basically the only way they were able to save footage because it's like they just so happened to give some to a different show who managed to keep it no one knows how the fourth episode went missing could have been deleted could have been lost could have been burnt in the fire no one fucking knows. All they know is it's gone, and no one's found another copy, unfortunately. So, it's been reanimated. Which, I think they did a good job, but I know you didn't like it that much. Anyway, next mm. episode. The chief tries to get a hold of his son, because there's more Cybermen, and he really, really wants to get him down. And his son is more important than anybody else in the world, and the he doctor... Just, he's a good father. The doctor, at this point, passes out. Because he's ill, and the ship is apparently losing power when it's between the two planets, so they're not really under understanding what's going to happen, and the ship is probably going to crash, and everybody's really worried about it. Whoa. And the doctor says that there seems to be... Uh, the doctor doesn't say anything. Ben says that his body seems to have felt a loss of power or something, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. And the ship is asked if there's anything below him. So he just kind of looks to the right and down like there's a window there. <laughs> and he's like, no, I only see darkness. And I'm just like, fucking what? I only see darkness. They, they literally go, is there anything below you? And he like looks down. <laughs> I don't... Okay. There's... There's a lot of big old problems, and the chief wants to destroy all of Mondas by using the Z-bomb, and he needs permission from Geneva to use it, and it's a doomsday weapon, apparently, so they have to consult their top men first. The general, being a piece of shit, weasels around what Geneva is saying by saying, I should do whatever it takes to take care of these Cybermen, right? And Geneva's like, yeah, no, we need to talk about that bomb with our scientists, but, like, do whatever it takes. And so the general smiles and goes, mm-hmm, hey, arm the bomb. <laughs> and then Ben is very upset, and everyone's just going along with this, and Mondas is just going to destroy itself, apparently, so everyone is like, we should probably just wait. And... <sighs> They're not really sure what the bomb is going to do. It's never mm -hmm. been really tested. It mm -hmm. might blow up the planet. It might kill yep. everybody. It mm -hmm. might turn it into a star. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. Not exactly scientific, eh? It, they, I believe that the correct phrasing was it might make the planet go supernova. Yeah, I honestly don't know... It, it makes no fucking sense. That's not how stars work. Yeah. Uh, ben tells Polly to work on specific hipster person, and Polly goes, I'm a woman, can I make some coffee? And they're like, yeah, sure. And Ben gets trapped with the doctor and decides to go through one of the vents in the room to get out. And the general is ready for everyone to make the rocket viable, and literally no one agrees with the general, but they're doing it anyway. And everyone is stressed out, and someone tells Polly to keep be a woman and only make the coffee. She doesn't need to help. But Polly's like, no, wait, what if we concoct a plan together? And he's like, that might work. Mm -hmm. And Polly and the doctor friend, he's also a doctor. I'm probably going to get you confused with this. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> go to find Ben to see if he's okay. And they mention 
that they he should use the vent in the room with the time with Doctor Barclay. Who. Barkley. Barkley, yes. And they tell Ben how to fuck up the rocket. But then an alarm goes off and there's more Cybermen coming, so they hurry up and get him through the vent. Oh, and no. apparently the army set up a small bunker and used the Cybermen's own weapons against them, killing most of them, which was pretty cool. And Ben is going through the vents, very, very big vents, to try and find the rocket silo. And there's a science man in the silo and bit, but Ben needs to get in. But then he walks away and Ben goes inside. And Polly is hiding under some of the covers uh, when someone comes in to check on, uh, quote unquote, Ben and the doctor. And she sneezes for some reason, but it's it doesn't get caught. I, I don't know. We see... Yeah, I don't know why she sneezes then. It makes no sense. <laughs> we see the guys in the bunker scooting out and taking the weapons from the Cybermen. And the chief notices that Barkley is gone and he really wants to know where he is. So the chief comes in and sees Ben fucking with shit. And is like, Barkley, what the fuck? And throws him over... the Throws Ben, specifically, over the side of... Uh, I guess you'd call it a railing? And takes Barkley with him. And he says he's going to try and kill Ben if his son dies, because it's going to be their fault. And I hate this character. They're doing all the rocket checks and every it's going to take off in like two minutes from this exact point that I'm typing this. And apparently there's a fault in the ranges, range computers, but it's cleared and they continue the countdown. And then... There's some stock footage of a spaceship preparing to take off, and we cut off at two, and that's the episode. Wow. Congratulations. You did it. <sighs> you got through it. You got through it. So. This episode is... The Cybermen are quite interesting in that you don't... You kind of get an origin story for the Daleks. Mm-hmm. In the first Dalek episode, you kind of get an origin story of, like, what happened to deal with. But you don't get an origin story for the Cybermen. They just exist. Yeah. Um, external media of um, books and comics and uh, newspaper comics and audio adventures have provided various... Um, uh, origins for the Cybermen and unfortunately a few of them are actually conflicting but they actually rectify this in a much later very recent Doctor Who episode where they essentially they essentially go well to, because of the nature of the Cybermen there's no one origin of them they are a symptom of humanity's desire to exist in inhospitable locations which mm-hmm. goes along with what they were actually written for. So Kit Pedler the, the, the guy who wrote this was brought on to be the scientific advisor for Doctor Who um, you first saw his influence in the War Machines, the previous one that we watched um, where it was like computers gone crazy etc. This one was based more on his actual line of expertise which was uh, this was a time when sort of uh, cybernetics and body implants were actually starting to be a thing. Sort of 
uh, mm-hmm. think hip joints and stuff like that. And yeah. he Hearing sort of and... expanded upon that idea going, well, what if we took that to the extreme? Where would that lead if we took this to an extreme? Like, mm-hmm. rep- like uh, replacing a hip? What if by then you could replace, like in a hundred years or so, you could replace limbs themselves or or mm-hmm. replace like uh, your heart or something? Like, where would that take us as a society? And his sort of science fiction answer to that was the Cybermen. And that is echoed in an audio story, which is one of the best audio stories written, called Spare Parts, where you essentially get an origin story for the the Cybermen that we meet here, where uh, the humans, quote-unquote, who are living on Mondas, uh, because their orbit is so... so... extenuated and they're so far away from any sun, it's completely inhospitable above ground. So they live in dome mm-hmm. cities uh, and they have to use so much power to just keep warm and try and grow any sort of crops to survive but everything's failing because, well just they're not near any sun everything yeah. is slowly dying so the only way they can survive is basically to augment themselves, which is what yeah. they do. Um, so, the whole point about Mondas being Earth's twin, this is actually a very old conspiracy, quote-unquote, theory, mm-hmm. um, that when Earth was created, uh, what happened was, one of the creation s- theories of Earth is that another planet collided with us uh, to sort of form the rock of Earth, and then that planet went further out. Uh, basically, when we were created, they were created at the same time because of this, the, the crash between us. And they just kept going, whereas we got our orbit stabilised around the sun. Now, yeah. the theory that was going on was like, one day, what if, this, what if this planet, because of all this, it just has a really long orbit now because of it? And yeah. what if that planet comes back one day? And that's kind of where we get this. Um, I don't actually know if they based it on that theory, um, but it fits it very well. It does. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep going. Episode four. So, we animated boys now. We animated boys. We animated boys. Animated boys. The rocket hasn't take off and taken off, though. So that's take good. often. Take often, though. So that's pretty good, because apparently Ben did enough to fuck with it. But the chief is now ready to fucking kill everybody, including the doctor. He legitimately pulls a gun on what's-his-face, Sparkly, and everybody else. And he's like, I'm gonna just, like, fucking kill you. And everyone then is very confused as to what's going on. The doctor was apparently weakened by, by some outside interference, kind of like a, a nose thing. And the the planet uh, Mondas is, gr- is glowing Mondas, and, yeah. a- in and out and the ship is apparently also going in and out and there's very little connection. But also there's a Cyberman ship landing too and Ooh. the general pulls his gun back out again, ready to kill the doctor and then Everyone's like, oh no, and then there's suddenly Cybermen, and he fucking kills the chief. Like, oh, oh no. Like, actually. And, oh no, someone and, dies? And this is like the third or fourth person that's like legitimately died, instead of it just kind of... the third or fourth person that's actually died. How dare you? 
everyone is is dead and the doctor is like thank you you saved our lives and they ask why there's a missile pointed at Mondas and they the doctor's they like, just walk in like oi what the fuck's going on mate there's a fucking yeah. missile pointed at our fucking planet what the fuck's wrong with you and the doctor's like hey uh you should help us instead and so they say we should disarm the rocket and so that they can have conversation and then by doing that they'll have time to let Mondas burn out Mondas. so they take hostages to make sure all of that happens sending Polly to the spaceship and she's put in a chair that's very scary and Polly even gets her head squeezed a little bit and passes out it's very very squeezy a little squeezy um, Geneva is now calling and the doctor answers and goes hey I was put in charge and the general is not here right now and the Cybermen We're have fine. landed. We're fine. How yeah. Are you doing? yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. How are you? That's a. I was doing a reference to Star Wars, oh, dude. It's fine. The the Cybermen have landed all over Earth, ready to take over, but also escape back to Mondos, apparently, because that's their plan. Because they're going to destroy Earth using the Z bomb <gasps> that they were trying to. to talking them into defusing and everyone well, in the silo understands that now and is then pretending to work to defuse the bomb because they're like we have to figure out what to do and Ben is wondering why none of the Cybermen are wanting the humans to met or none of the Cybermen are wanting to touch the bomb and he want they want the humans to touch the bomb so they're like huh that's weird uh, everyone pretends to be dead and asks one of the robots to come in and help and then they open the door and the radiation really hurts a whole lot so the doctor's like huh we have a stalemate I guess because that's how stalemates work and they say if they they'll help the Cybermen then if they help them and they'll take them back to Mondas because that's the plan still like I don't really understand how this is a win situation but whatever and they are to fuse, to diffuse the war, or to fuse the warhead. Yeah, not defuse. Diffuse. Uh, or they'll <laughs> never see. No, it's fuse because they're like, do it or we'll never see your friends again. And then Ben takes the wires out of the computer so they can't talk to each other, but they also can't be spied on. And Ooh, then we see Polly and the doctor out on the ship. And Mondas is apparently making the spaceship vibrate because of Mondas and Mondas and they're apparently going to take the reactor rods out and carry them towards the Cybermen to fight them and god damn it past year <laughs> the tr okay the three minutes not the tree minutes Good job. Oh my god. It's up, but they can't <laughs> get in contact with the rocket crew, so they're like, hmm, that's weird. But the rocket crew are holding the rods away from them just enough to walk around and go assault the Cybermen. And I was very confused because isn't anyone that came up to them just going to get irradiated and potentially die or get cancer if they walked up on someone accidentally? It, not just a Cyberman. Like, if they went to go take the control the rods into the control room to save everybody, the people in there would just get radiated. Yeah, but anyway, they knew the Cybermen were coming. I... 
Yeah, but they were acting like they- okay. They're acting like they're gonna use them as a weapon against others. Anyway, the Cybermen go to check on everyone, and they say, We're gonna come in and kill you, but then they don't do that and gas them out instead of going inside. And then Ben opens the door and they kill one of the Cybermen, but then someone else dies, and then a Cyberman dies, and some stuff happens. <sighs> one sec. Uh -huh. She's taking a shot of whiskey. I am. Ben is uh, given the communication thingy that the Cybermen left so that the ship doesn't take off. And they hit a whole bunch of buttons. And they're like, alright, the Cybermen are coming. And they're ready to prepare for an assault. And the lights are fading in and out. And they're like, huh, that's not great. And then the lights come back on. And the Cybermen are here. But then Mondas fucking explodes. And is apparently melting in on itself. And it's pretty fucking crazy looking, honestly, I'll admit, for, like, the 60s. And I'm gonna assume they took artistic liberties with the yes. animation. But, like, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm basically just saying, like, the animation for the time was just like, oh, that's pretty good. They um, animated it in 2013, dear. No, you're right, it, it, it was animated. Are you... I thought, Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I forgot that this episode was animated. Even though I literally mentioned it like a minute ago. And... Are you okay? <laughs> no. I'm not. Are we just witnessing a breakdown? <sighs> this year's getting to me, man. This year's getting to me. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> so everyone sees Mondas explode and everyone's like, oh no, but then the Cybermen start to fall apart and disintegrate so everyone's like, oh yay! And then we see the kid in the spaceship and he's alive and he's okay even though his dad's dead. So they get him to land and Patricide. They radio back to Geneva, and they Geneva wants a full report on everything, and Ben goes to save Polly and the Doctor, but the Doctor is apparently dead. But then they kind of just... they kind of wake him up, and he's in a little bit of a daze, and he's not really saying some stuff. He's like, "Oh no, it's not over. It's not over yet," and he's having a whole moment, and he really, really wants to get back to the TARDIS. To a point that they're not even going to say goodbye to anybody. They're kind of in a rush. And Ben and Polly are very confused at this point. And they even kind of take a moment to stare at the dead Cyberman's body. Which was kind of weird to stare at the dead body. But it's fine. Um, Polly and Ben are then seen pounding on the police box to be let in. And he won't let them in for some reason. And the doctor's at the control panel. And things are happening. And switches are flicking. And... It's very dramatic. And then Polly and Ben get in, and then the doctor's actually dead now on the floor. Like, passed out on the floor dead. And then there's a huge screen flare on his face, and then when it fades away, he's got a new face. Oh, <gasps> What's a face? I don't know. Oh. Do so, I have a face? That's why this... That is why this episode is so important. Yes. It, it is the first episode to feature regeneration, although the 
phrase regeneration won't actually be mentioned until the next one. Mm. When they they actually like go, oh shit, we need to do it again. Uh, how do, do we we should probably actually think about this. Um, <laughs> so the unfortunately ironic thing is that um, so okay, so mm-hmm. production wise. This was actually the first episode made in season four. But the, 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 sad, the sad irony of, of this episode is that the last surviving episode of William Hartnell era doesn't actually feature William Hartnell. Because oh. the last surviving episode of his tenure is episode three, which he's not in. <sighs> That's fun. It's upsetting. Um, so, a lot of, a lot of background here, um, and there's a special we're going to watch that I'm going to make you watch next, actually, before we watch the next episode, I think, because Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel it's good to watch it right now, um, that tells basically the story of William Hartnell through Doctor Who, um, Mm -hmm. and so... William Hartnell's health was declining rapidly. Um, Mm -hmm. As you've known throughout the episodes, he fluffs his lines constantly. Uh, Sometimes wouldn't even try and memorise them. He would just say whatever he wanted because he just was getting... It wasn't just getting old. He um, unfortunately went undiagnosed with... I forget what the the unfortunate disease was called, but it was one where... um, essentially, like, uh, his arteries became clogged and would, one side effect of it was memory loss, unfortunately. So he Mm. just wasn't able to do the show anymore. But he really kept pushing through it because he absolutely loved doing Doctor Who because he loved, uh, being Doctor Who. He loved being the role model for kids because kids would constantly come up to him in the street and, like, go... So it was a series of strokes brought on by cerebrovascular disease. Cerebrovascular disease. He doesn't die for a while. Don't look it up because... Spoilers. Um, But they basically had a choice, which was either end the show abruptly or somehow continue. And this is what they came up with. They were just like, how about we just change the actor? Sorry, Um, I realized that I could die from this. Anyway, continue. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's, um... A really upsetting thing. Um... So they changed the actor, and... Funnily enough, uh... He actually... <laughs> he... One of, one of the, the quotes that he had when he when he left the show was that, um... Uh, he was like, I, I, I don't want anyone to replace me, but if they were to replace me, if there's one man in England who can replace me, it's Patrick Troughton who is the second Doctor, who then eventually actually did uh, say, like, he, he did take over. Um, which is funny, because Patrick Tratton, if you remember from the Gunfighters episode, was actually uh, one of the people recommended to be a guest role to be one of the gunfighters there, which yeah. I guess good thing he didn't, because that would have been a terrible episode. Mm-hmm. Because it is a terrible episode, and I don't think he really would have saved it. But, um... Yeah, first Doctor's gone now. On to the second Doctor. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how this pans out. (laughs) 
But I need to warn you in advance. Mm. Uh, this episode, episode four, being animated and lost, it actually start is the start of the longest gap in uh, Doctor <sighs> Who with missing episodes. In mm. that. Uh, Individual episodes, I mean, not like whole story episodes. Uh, it's, I believe, f- like 13 or so? Hang on. I can uh, A story begins a run of 12 missing episodes. Uh, it concludes mm. with episode one of The Underwater Menace. The good news is, mm-hmm. uh, recently, in the last year, um, well, two years technically, the next episode has actually been animated. So, good. And two other episodes in this season that were missing have been animated, and one of them got released, like, just a few weeks ago. So, we're good to go. I haven't even fucking watched it yet. (laughs) Because I wanted to just save it. Um, And it's one I've been wanting to watch for years. Um, So, yeah, this upcoming season's going to be interesting because it's one of my favourite Doctors and one of my favourite companions coming up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what, what do you, really <sighs> I don't want to ask the question, I don't want to ask, but you know I have to, mm. what do you think? So the reason I... No, just don't, don't even rationalize it, just give no, it to me. No, the reason I don't want to ever watch this episode again is because I hate the general. Legitimately. I hate that type of character... I, cause it, it, it's someone literally starting drama for no reason other than I'm right, you're wrong, and so that hits a few More things. More like for I'm me. right wing. Hmm. So that hits a few things for me that I am not really enjoyable around. I don't want to enjoy that. Thanks. I already had that enough in my life for 19 years. I don't need any more of it. Um. But up, but drama. Um, so, like, a three, maybe, honestly, I don't, I don't want to watch this again. Get out of my life. I don't. I, I can't take the outfit seriously, but that's, like, a minor thing in comparison to this one character that makes me hate this entire episode. (sighs) Well, good news you never get to see that outfit again. This is the only time that outfit's used. Good. The next time the Cybermen appear, they have a brand new outfit. Good. And that actually keeps happening for quite a number of years. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I... I, Again, the outfit is just a minor, minor thing for me compared to the the general being a piece of shit. Honestly, like, I like that Ben was kind of smart, even though it was because the doctor didn't have lines. And so you pointed that out. And now I'm kind of sad that Ben isn't as smart as I thought he would be. Because yeah. I, I like it's It's the same with the, the last companions, like Polly and wow, I've forgotten his name. Steven, Steven, even though you liked him. Yes, I like Steven a lot because he was a lot smarter than he let on, so to speak. So I like that in, a, a, especially a male companion, that he's a little bit smarter than he leads on. Whereas, like, Ian just, he was smart, but, like, he was very uppity about it, if that makes sense. And so mm. that was kind of the running joke where they always were like, 
what are you talking about, Ian? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. The doctor is the one that said this. Not you. Yeah. Ha ha. So. Yeah. It's a shame. I. But it's just... the next, the next mm. doctor is a lot more. He's a lot less grumpy, um, uh, annoyingly, um, annoying doctor that you hate. Basically, all the good things you like about this doctor, his sort of uh, childish nature sometimes, his uh, ability to get grumpy sometimes, but not unfairly grumpy at, like, his companions, but more unfair, mm-hmm. like, grumpy at, like, annoying people and villains and stuff. Basically, yeah. all of that carries over to the second Doctor without the baggage of, like, he's kind of shitty to his companions. Yeah. Uh, the second Doctor is a lot more uh, short-tempered, um, shorter in general. <laughs> um, was, was he the Doctor that I saw that gif from you that was like, oh man, you should rule the world. Yeah, yes, I should. Yes, yes. Now I know to fucking not let you. <laughs> yes, that's the second Doctor. And that clip kind of... Uh, kind of completely epitomizes his tenure as the Doctor. It's like, mm-hmm. he, he goes that extra mile of like, wait, no, you've got it, it's this, you you could rule the world! And he goes, yes, you're right. And he goes, well, now I know you're crazy, I just wanted to check. Yeah. Um, so, next episode, we're not watching the next actual Doctor Who episode, but the next podcast episode, we're going to be watching An Adventure in Space and Time, which is the mm. technically biopic... Uh, more just the biographical film about I... Doctor Who in the sixties, hmm. following specifically William Hartnell. It's... Do I need to take notes on it? Because I'm, I'm yeah, to... take notes on it. But it it's just a... okay. All right, we'll figure it out. Well, I we'll, we'll do it. It'll be a really short episode because we won't really okay. explain much about it because it'll you you'll basically be like explain a little bit here and there, and then we'll see if you liked it or not um basically it's a bit of a tearjerker um Mm -hmm. and it it really gives you more back basically it's a summary of all the things that we've been talking about with behind the scenes and stuff for the past 29 episodes that we've done Mm -hmm. well well, we haven't done 29 episodes we've actually done like i don't know fucking 15 16 17 thereabouts because we've skipped a lot but it's um it's a really really well done biography of um Doctor Who and those who worked on it and specifically William Hartnell and his mm-hmm. willing his struggle to get to sort of uh, make the role his and then his reluctingness to uh, let the role go um, yeah. yeah so that'll be interesting to watch I mean, when you're literally, like, the lead role in a, a world... Not a worldwide, but, like, at least a countrywide phenomenon, right? Mm. It, that can't, that's gotta be hard to give up in general. Especially if, like, it's not by choice and it's by your body not, like, working with you. Like, I understand that probably more than you do. Yeah. Of your body falling out from under you, so... Yeah. No, yeah. it's um, it's it's a real good. There's only there's only one part in it that I won't I won't talk about it when we're watching it because it it completely ruins the emotional moment. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll I'll 
talk tell you about it after we've gone through it. Why it, the fuck do hilarious. we talk more about our trauma on the podcast than like on stream or just like in general? I mean, well, you don't watch a lot of my streams. I talk about my trauma a lot on stream. Well, I mean, I talk about my trauma on stream, but I meant like together. Like we always seem to bring it up when together. That's because we're both traumatized. Yeah, trauma friends. Can I make us t-shirts that say trauma friends? Can we not? Can we? Can we? Can we? I want to make you a t-shirt that says trauma friends or I I'm with don't. I'm with the traumatized one and it's an arrow pointing both ways and we can both wear them. I don't want no no. Yes. No. Yeah. Why not? Uh, anyway, Why not? we'll see you next Trauma podcast friends. episode for an adventure in space Trauma and time. Trauma friends. Then... Please inform and... Gam of how much you want Trauma friends. Next podcast episode, an adventure in space and time. Next Doctor Who episode after that, the power of the Daleks. That's trauma right. Trauma friends. Having traumatic experiences. Goodbye. Together.